Has the weather taken a toll on your home's foundation and concrete slabs? All the heat, rain, freezing, and settling can wreak havoc on your foundation. Cracked walls, cracked brick, and sinking concrete can all be repaired economically by Dwyer. No job is too big or too small for Dwyer. Call today for your free estimate, 859-231-0998. The region's largest and most trusted name in raising sunken concrete and fixing foundations. Don't wait for the problem to get worse. Visit DwyerCompanies.com to learn more. Wing is a paid program on 630 WLAP. Show this week joining us Adarsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and our host Tom Dupree. What you been hearing through the grapevine? I don't know. I just think there's a lot of bad jokes out there. Off color. Who knows? All kinds of negative stuff going around, and some people think it's going to affect the market. Um, you know, and, and lots of things can affect the market. So we've got this story here. Suddenly, everyone thinks the stock market is going to plunge. Well, let me just say this anecdotally. Uh, we've had people telling us that the market was going to tank every week for, gosh, at least the past 15 years. I mean... And when people say those kinds of things, it's a healthy amount of skepticism to keep the market climbing the wall of worry. So I'll tell you what's really, um, the, the, the thing that, so right now at these levels, there is no overhead supply. Because overhead supply is from people who bought stocks at a higher price and are trying to get back to even, and they're going to sell into market strength. So you don't have that right now. You know, the thing you got to watch out for is an outside day where the market makes a new high and then breaks below uh, some kind of recent trend line. And that's when, and it's, it's typically gone parabolic prior to that. And I don't think what we're seeing is a parabolic market. So the idea that we're going to have a crash, I think what we could have that's more devastating than a crash is a slow, long sell-off from where we are now, you know, 34 and change down to around 30 or 28 or something like that. That's my feeling. I mean, I, I because the market's not behaving in such a way where it's gone up so much that it could immediately pull back and drop way down. So that's my. That's true. When you look at the broader indexes, whether it be the S&P 500, the NASDAQ or uh, the Russell 2000, uh, these have really, we haven't seen a, a parabolic move, as you said. Now, the Russell 2000 uh, has just gone sideways for almost eight months now. Yeah. Um, but the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones, can't forget the Dow Jones that used to be the major index, um, have you know just recently made new all-time highs. And here in the last week, they've been uh, pulling back but, you know, as the saying goes that the stock market 
is a market of stocks. Now, when you look at individual stocks uh, and individual sectors, there have been uh, large corrections in certain sectors. Uh, industrial stocks, for example, you know, they've experienced over a 10% correction recently. If you go back to February, then your uh, tech stocks that came public uh, via SPACs, some of them have experienced a 70% correction. Uh, if you look at financial stocks, they've experienced a you know, 7 to 10% correction. Uh, commodity stocks, uh, whether it be uh, base metals or precious metals, have experienced uh, over a 20% correction in some cases. So there have been pockets in the market where you have seen uh, the correction. But the overall market you know, seems to be uh, rotating. There seems to be an underlying uh, rotation between sectors where when one sector corrects or a few sectors correct, there are other sectors that uh, that come to the fore and start doing well. So that that is the sign of a healthy market. It means that there's enough participation. Uh, the structural factors, whether it be liquidity or uh, the underlying economy, is strong enough where the overall market, you know, is, is not having major corrections. We haven't really seen uh, uh, over a 5% correction in... Uh, in a year, it's been a year since we saw over a 5% correction. So it's been a very strong market. That's not to say that, you know, we uh, won't get a 10% or a 15% correction. Uh, but as one of the writers uh, here says, you know, if you're in the market, then you should be prepared for a 10% correction. Um, and, uh, you know, that would be uh, uh, part of the, the, the norm. So... My question is, how many people are not invested in the stock market that would like to be? How many people have money that hasn't gotten into stocks that want to be? You know, I don't know if it's a lot or a few, uh, because for a long time, we kept hearing about how people were underinvested. I know there's areas where they there's not much investment, such as... Um, uh, oil and gas, uh, energy type things. But the only thing that will keep the market going is new buyers coming in, taking the stocks off the hands of old buyers. Yes, and, you know, some of that happens every single month uh, through 401Ks, 403Bs. Every month, people, a uh, large percentage of people who are uh, employed, you know, part of their paycheck goes into the stock market. So that itself is becoming a bigger and bigger force as we moved away from pensions into uh, 401k plans. Uh, outside of that, you know, uh, there are people who are, you know, in their uh, retirement age. They have been uh, diversifying away from stock. They've been getting more into bonds. So if you look at interest rates on 10-year bonds or 30-year bonds, they've pulled back. They've dropped quite a bit. And the reason for that is that uh, money has, perhaps some of some some of that money has come from stocks, uh, but overall there is uh, enough money going into the stock market to keep it, you know, uh, going. And uh, uh, the the only reason why it would stop uh, going up, or the only reason why the tide would reverse, is a if you know there is some sort of um, uh, a panic where, uh, you know, last year we saw COVID happen and there was a panic and people just got out of the market. Or B, there is uh, a severe liquidity event, uh, by which I mean that if tomorrow the Federal Reserve comes out and says, okay, we are going to uh, increase rates, tighten liquidity, uh, and if banks start uh, selling bonds and, you know, getting uh, some of that liquidity out from the system, then that could uh, have an adverse effect on the stock market. But otherwise, the underlying economy has been healing from the, you know, depression, basically, that we had last year. And, uh, you know, there there are no immediate signs of, uh, you know, of, you know, the status quo that we've seen since uh, March changing. Well, and I think... People I've been talking to, you know, calling in, asking this question. Um, one of the just pure emotional things, you know, you're talking about where it's been a year since we've had a drop in the market. That's one of the main things that, you know, they're like, well, you know, it's been this long. So that means it's going to happen 
this month or next month. You know, they, they emotionally they feel like it's ready uh, to to have a correction, and you know, I tell them it's, it's possible. There's no way to know in the short run, but um, <laughs> when when everybody thinks something oh. is going to happen, it it usually doesn't. Um, but there's no way to know, and you know, the it's so important to keep a, a, a long-term focus. And, you know, as, as this, uh, the author on this is saying, you know, you should always expect a 10% correction anytime you're investing in stocks. And that's not unhealthy. Um, you know, having a drop a five, 10% drop in the market, that's when you get, you know, the ability to, or the chance to buy things at a good price. So, you know, the, the main thing is to have, a plan first off and then stick through stick with that plan through the volatile times and you fine tune it you know from you know today you you might take some profits in some things uh, you have you know liquidity um and that way you can if you have a drop in the market then you can incrementally try to take advantage of it but it's it's not an all in all out kind of thing well and it, it talks about and look, what you were saying, Adarsh, you've got this rolling uh, correction kind of where, mm-hmm. you know, financials drop 10%, industrials drop, drop 10%, you know, tech drops 10%. But then as those sectors are dropping, other sectors are doing well. And so that's that's where to what you were saying, Mike, that diversification is very, very key where you need to have an allocation to uh, – a potential allocation to every sector of the market and have that shift over time where, you know, you, you basically it's kind of like running away from a tire. (laughs) You you don't want it to squish you when it's, when it's correcting through the rolling phase, you want to stay out in front of it. And I think that's the, the interesting thing, but you also should be prepared with anything. I mean, you, you should understand the risks involved um, you know, and, and I think that what you were saying, Tom, with the wall of worry is that what you really have to be a, be be cognizant of is when you get that emotion in the market where the 10% correction doesn't exist, you know, where you can continue to, yeah, we'll just throw money at it and it's going to go up. That's when smart money is getting out, getting out of the way. The, uh, you remember there was a guy came in here, I think he was an attorney. He, he was going to, it was been eight or nine, seven or eight years ago. And he kept saying, when the meltdown comes, mm-hmm. you know, he, I got my money. His money had been sitting in cash for several years since 08, I think, or before. Yeah. And he said, you know, when the meltdown comes as if it were a foregone conclusion that we were going to have a meltdown and people get it in their mind and then the problem is when the meltdown comes there if there is one there is so much fear you will not buy anything absolutely you won't buy toilet paper you'll be so freaking scared the definition of a meltdown is that you don't see your way out of it Mm-hmm. It's just like clinical depression. When you're in the middle of it, you cannot believe that it will ever end. It's the same way for the market. So you think you're going to coolly and calmly go out and buy at the bottom. You hero, you smart guy, you know, you're keeping your money in cash as if the market is going to perform just for you and give you what you want and it never happens because you will not be emotionally ready to buy when that occurs absolutely you think back i mean just last year most recently um the the, the and it was a full on panic in the market because it was something the market had never seen before um when you're looking at uh, sectors, not just an individual stock, but whole sectors that are off 50%. There's a reason they're down 50%. I mean, you know, REITs, people thought, you know, think multifamily, 
everybody in every nursing home is going to die of COVID. You know, it yeah. was, it was kind of that sort of thought that, you know, nobody will ever get together in groups again. Right. And, and there were legitimate, I mean, r- rightly so there was, there were, there was real tangible risk for all of these sectors. You know, if nobody can move into a nursing home and everybody's moving out quicker, um, that's a real problem fundamentally. And so anytime there's an actual meltdown, you think of the financial crisis, there were serious systemic problems. And to, to your point, Tom, if you think, well, okay, in a meltdown, I'll move in. You won't No, because you'll be too scared. You'll be scared. You'll be looking at say, I know this is a real risk and I know this could go bankrupt. Well, you know what your big fear is going to be? Is my bank going to be there tomorrow? That's right. That's got my money. Are they going to be able to match up assets and liabilities overnight and still continue to function as a bank? Because when these things happen, every moving part in society gets called into question. That's right. Everything. Is my pencil going to write? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. Because when you think, and, and I can't remember who I was talking to this about yesterday. Probably Darsh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what? Probably Darsh. Actually, it was Darsh. <laughs> so we were uh, discussing. You know, in that instance, when when you have a <laughs> he tried to play coy, like oh, I was actually talking to somebody else. Well, yeah. So, like in that instance, in like the financial crisis, or uh, this time last, you know, last well, not this time, but in March and April of last year, an eight hundred credit score is just a number at that point because oh, yeah. yeah, you you could you could have an eight hundred credit score, be paying prime prime rates. You know, just living life and doing. And all of a thing. sudden, you got no income. Boom! You've got no income now. The bank, to your point, doesn't so mean anything. It doesn't. You know, now they don't have. They they they're looking at this, going, "Wow, this was something we didn't associate a risk uh, metric to." So now reserves come into question. It it gets really ugly, really Very really quickly. fast. So that same thing happened in '08 when they realized that everybody was swimming naked, so to speak, on all these mortgages. And they had done all these AAA-rated bonds based on mortgages that had really been loaned to people that shouldn't be getting them. And everything in the rating system came apart. So the, the ratings are nice to have when things are normal, but when they're not, they don't really mean anything. Exactly. So. The it's interesting you look at um you know credit right now and you know <laughs> last year everybody was scared to death of debt you know you you think of uh car loans um you know, who who's going to be able to make their car payment um you know we we saw the the mortgage bond market start to seize up in March and April um and because you know, the, the Fed came in, injected liquidity, that kind of got it moving a little bit again. Um, but you had, you were having that snowball effect like you had that actually played out in the financial crisis that started last year. I mean, very, I mean, it, it was happening, uh, but you know, the, the brakes were put on it. Um, but it it could have continued to snowball. Here's the problem. So the Fed steps in and we get more addicted to the Fed. Every crisis we have, we get more addicted to this idea that the Federal Reserve can somehow step in and save the day. And there is going to come a point where it just doesn't work. It's like taking an, uh, an antibiotic too much. Yeah. And it ceases to work. You know, the vaccine. Oh, we got to have a booster now. You've already had two shots. You got to have a third one. You're going to have to have a fourth one. What, where do you get to the point where this, this stuff, I was getting ready to say this something, um, doesn't, isn't effective anymore. We, we rely on all these things that we think are circuit breakers that will, will, will stop stuff for us. 
but there's an element that, that when all that stuff doesn't work, you know, then where are you? You know, you're back to, uh, you know, planting corns and beans. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's elements of things that well, we, we rely on the cure more than we do the actual thing working. And, and to that point, and the people providing the cure, they get more real estate in our heads at that point. Government gets stronger. You can't live without us yeah. kind of deal. What I was going to say to that point, you know, monetary policy really only could go so far this, this last go around. And I would actually say that fiscal policy was the, the, the biggest injection that really kind of changed the game with, and, and it, you know, with the expanded unemployment, eviction moratoriums, things like that, where, you know, they really, with, without that, you kind of wonder, wow, what, what does happen? Well, then instance? what happens is that bureaucrats want to build that in permanently. I know. Let's give people permanent income, permanent rent relief. You know, what they don't realize is nobody's going to build any rental property anymore or have it because you can hijack it that way. I know, and that's that's the the scary part is that now the the drug you've gone from just monetary yeah. policy into fiscal policy regimes now. Yeah, and, and so now you're dependent on the cure more than you are the healthy patient. So, hey, fall means family farm fun, and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com. Hey man, it's Donnie Baker. Just stop and wait a minute before you pay your auto insurance. You need to get a quote from Erie Insurance first. The fact remains, Erie Insurance has great service and great auto insurance pricing. And you can use the cash you save to buy my boat. Call your local Erie Insurance agent, Grant Owen, today. 859-935-5000. That's 859-935-5000. And have Grant give you a quote right to your face. Know who your agent is. Not an 800 number. State law. Anyway, I don't... I don't have the answer to it. Actually, I think I probably do have the answer somewhere. Just hasn't come out yet. So that means stay tuned. <laughs> we need to go to a break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Coming to you from our studios on Main Street. We are powered by Dupree Financial Group. We will be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. This is what's happened. Pay your fair share. This is a mandate. Public health disaster. Secure the border of the United States. The IRS. Check in throughout the day. Peace in the Indo-Pacific. We're at an inflection point. With News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. In the past, investors and savers could put their money into CDs, which may yield an adequate amount for living expenses. But in case you've been hiding, for the last several years, CDs and interest rates are low, perhaps non-existent. The whole notion of living off the interest is now basically kaput. Better to try and find some constructive way to invest your savings and continue to generate income through other sources. This is something the guys in Silicon Valley have known for years. Invest for growth, income investing will often disappoint. For a free evaluation of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or look at DupreeFinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com on Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. I Radio! 
the biggest stars from all genres of music will share one stage at our 2021 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Moments here from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Two nights of performances you've never seen before. Streaming free on a CW app and CWTV.com. And listen on iHeartRadio. Continuing tonight, starting at 10 p.m. Capital One is a proud partner of the 2021 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Bringing great products, rewards, and services to their customers. What's in your wallet? Are you 65 or older and haven't had a colonoscopy? Join a colon cancer screening study and you could earn up to $575. I'll screen. It's a study for a non-invasive way to screen for colon cancer from home. By joining, you can help advance the science of screening. I'll screen too. You'll just need to provide a stool sample and a colonoscopy will be done through your own insurance. Enroll now and screen to help create a better future for all. I'll screen. I'll screen. Let's Let's all screen screen for for colon colon cancer. cancer. Visit screeningstudy.com to sign up or learn more. That's screeningstudy.com. Guys, on Talk It Agrees, it's finally time. Time to update our closets with new clothes we actually want to wear. Time to think about going back to the office or choosing a new way to work. Time to enjoy the best of fall, like long walks in the park and hot coffee on a brisk day. And that means it's time to look sharp and feel comfortable all day with Untuck It. Shirts designed to be worn, Untuck. Discover the perfect fitting shirt today at UntuckIt.com. Use promo code TIME for 20% off your first purchase at UntuckIt.com. It's your weekend, and things are looking to be more of the same out there today. Mix of sun and clouds on this Saturday. We'll see a high temperature, 80 to 85 degrees. We'll be on guard for a scattered shower of thunderstorms. Similar setup as we go into your Sunday. Then a little more widespread rain and thunderstorm action early next week ahead of a fall blast. Have a great weekend from the WKYT First Alert Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the Red State Barbecue Studios. This is News Radio 630 WLAP. If you're suffering from cold, flu, or COVID symptoms, you need an accurate temperature reading as quickly as possible. Fever is the leading symptom of both the flu and COVID-19. So the sooner you rule out the common cold, the better. Then, seek medical advice on whether your fever means it's the flu or the deadlier COVID-19. Accuracy matters, so use the Exergen Temporal Scanner, the same thermometer used by medical professionals millions of times a day in hospitals and clinics to accurately detect fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. I've been in the investment business for 42 years. In this business, you observe human nature closely, and if you really observe, you might learn something. One thing I've learned is that when everybody is telling you something, it's usually wrong. Truth typically speaks in a small voice that requires effort and discernment to recognize. This is as true in the investment business as it is in life. Advice dispensed loudly and in a pushy way is usually being given with an ulterior motive, not one that is designed to benefit the hearer. For a free review of your retirement investment portfolio, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400 or look at deprefinancial.com. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings on News Radio 630 WLAP and Louisville's Talk Radio 1080 WKJK. 630 WLAP. Every time it rains, Lord, I run to my window. All I do is just wring my hands and moan. I listen to that thunder, Lord, can't you hear that lonesome wind moan? Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long? Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long? You've been gone so long now. Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long? A wolf is scratching at my door, Lord, Lord, I can hear that lonesome wind moan. Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long? Saw you 
They tell me I'm a fool to pine for you Well, what do they know? Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long You've been gone so long Tell me, baby, now why you've been gone so long A wolf is scratching at my door, Lord Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of the hour. Joining us are Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. So that song is by Clarence White, who was in The Birds and was an excellent 12-string guitar player and was also in a group called Mule Skinner with uh, Jerry Garcia, and uh, who was went on to be a, a major force in The Grateful Dead. And uh, Clarence was killed in a car wreck. He was, like, in his 30s. He was such an incredible talent. Um, and, you know, what a loss. Uh, and I don't know. His music sort of speaks for himself, for itself. Uh, I was very young when he died. So. Anyway, I do want to talk a little bit briefly about something that's going on on Monday. Not at this point, you probably wouldn't be able to do anything about it, but um, there's an event that uh, our company, Dupree Financial Group, is sponsoring at the uh, uh, Bluegrass Sportsman's League um, on Monday. It's the uh, Big Blue Cancer Blast, uh, which is a sporting clays um tournament i guess you can call it uh shoot around with teams and um the benefit is going to the marquee cancer society at the university of kentucky kind of with a specific focus on ovarian cancer because uh the organizer of this event boone logan lost his wife to ovarian cancer several years ago. Her name was Eunice. She was a frequent guest on the Tom Dupree show at least twice, maybe three times. I can't remember. Uh, but she was, uh, a remarkable person. And, uh, you know, I became good friends with her. And, uh, anyway, uh, we lost her to ovarian cancer and, um, her husband has, done this uh to celebrate her life for for several years now and it's just gotten bigger each year this year we've got 37 teams we had 22 last year there's 37 teams this year it's really neat and um it's growing and you know boone has been kind of a major force in uh this thing uh helping um commemorate uh, Eunice's life and raising money for the uh, Markey Cancer Society. So let's uh, get back to our um, stuff here. Uh, let's, uh, okay, if we do this, Jason, yes, wig article. Investing for income in a world without any, you know, I have tried to, um, talk about this a little bit in one of our ads um it's as if the ability to invest money and have a living off the interest or dividends has gotten to be difficult so jump in you you touched on one particular sector uh, in our last segment um we're, we talked about real estate, uh, REITs, real estate investment trusts in particular. Um, in the past, um, and we, we've owned a number of REITs over time, um, a, a REIT uh, may have uh, rental, uh, rental properties of some sort. It could be convenience stores. It could be um, cell towers, uh, whatever it is, but they, they own physical real estate. And in the past, it's been viewed not as a bond, but kind of a quasi bond sector. You know, it's a place that people have gone for income. Um, last year, we, we talked last uh, segment where you had 
particular sectors within the REIT environment uh, that were down 50%, uh, some more. Uh, you think of uh, uh, retail, uh, which has had a before last year was already in a downtrend and then last year was kind of, you know, everybody thought the death nail for, for just retail. Um, so all these different sectors have had a really hard time in 2020. Um, but now what you've seen, uh, you've seen the REIT sector, um, get to levels that are unsustainable. I'd say, um, the, the prices of, of, REITs have gone way, way up. Um, you, you look like, for example, one metric you can look at, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but if you look at uh, closed-in funds, so closed-in funds are a type of mutual fund. It's a vehicle. So think of it like a mutual fund, uh, but it trades intraday, kind of like an ETF, exchange-traded fund, but the closed-in fund can trade at a premium or a discount to what the value of those stocks that it owns uh, inside of the closed-in fund. So in the past, uh, that's had, it's traded at about an average of 10, uh, 10% discount um, over the past decade. So you buy a closed-in fund, you're buying that basket of stocks, quote-unquote, at a discount. Over the last year, that discount has shrunk to less than 5%, and that's the lowest level it's been since 2013. Uh, so even within closed-in funds, which we don't own because you have leverage on top of leverage, um, but even in those riskier baskets of REITs, you've seen the prices go way up. And so what your people that are jumping in now, they're overpaying, Hey, fall means family farm fun, and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com. They're reaching for yield, and this is something we've talked time and time again. You have to be very careful not to reach for yield, reach for return in an expensive market because you think back 10 years ago or six years ago, you could buy, you know, some consumer staples, you know, paying a year ago. <laughs> A year, well, a year, year well, and a half ago. Yeah. It, but, I mean, the like, you, you just think consumer staples, and you're able to get 5% on, you know, good, solid companies. Um, and, you know, that was 5% on the dividend. Um, that gets you a long way to if you're trying to hit, say, a 7% total return. Um, if you look today – the yields are much, much lower because the prices of the stocks have gone up. So as an investor, if you're trying to get 6% yield in a, in a world where the 10-year treasury is trading at 1.35, you have to be very, very careful that you're not going down in quality of company um, or quality of, of the bond or whatever it is, you, you have to be very careful because you think of it like a, a bank that, you know, is paying 4% on a CD. You stop and scratch your head and say, why are you doing that? You have to ask that same question with companies, with the dividends. Why is it paying this outsized uh, yield? Um, so that's something we're very careful on um, when we're looking at companies, you know, we're, we're, interested in income and total return. It's both of those things. And so it's where is your, uh, it's a balancing act of, do you want it all to come from the dividend? Do you want part of it to come from potential return? And so that's the balancing act. And you have to be very careful in an expensive market that you're not reaching and overpaying for something and be patient. 
I, I, I would uh, agree with that. And, you know, part of the, the difficulty, you know, as Tom said earlier, uh, in an environment where interest rates are basically uh, zero, uh, there aren't that many uh, alternatives uh, in order to get any sort of yield. Uh, it used to be that you could buy a treasury bond and you know get a decent yield, or you could just put your money in a CD and get a decent yield. But um, as interest rates have uh, gone to uh, zero, basically, uh, people are reaching out to riskier and riskier uh, assets to try and you know capture a higher yield. Uh, but there, there is no free lunch, you know, as the saying goes. And uh, the the higher the yield, uh, often means that uh, you are taking a much higher risk. Well, and, and to add to that too, there's a, a couple ways you can really look at it, and in, in the form of a dividend to a stock is one of the ways is it, it is a form of a cost of capital, and when you're comparing it to bonds and the debt inside the company, you know, if to your point, if it's paying, if it's paying 7% on a dividend, well, more than likely the debt is up there in that nine, 10, 11, 12% range. So you have to start to factor all of these equations in. And when you look at what, you know, what's trended over the past 10 years, um, from company perspectives, one of the biggest risks out there in today's environment is the build out of capital um, for a company, you know, because you've gone a decade now of almost zero for the entire decade interest rates. So in order to go out and, and buy something, you know, the, the, the internal rate of return has been inflated for a company. So, if that shifts, everything goes into question. Just like when we talked about in March of last year, when the 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 pandemic hit, everything gets put into question at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, and the the REITs specifically, you know, a REIT by definition has to pay out ninety percent, um, and a REIT for the for for the, for the uh, mechanics to work they're incentivized to always be acquiring things and when you have a run up in the price of the REIT well then you know they may issue preferreds or they 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 will or just or or more common stock depending uh in order to be able to buy new properties which pushes the price of the properties up and so it's a steamroll effect yeah. Um, and that's another reason you have to be very careful if you're going out thinking, well, okay, I'm going to buy this, this REIT that owns, you know, drugstores, uh, and it's paid, you know, a great dividend for a long time. Well, what are they paying for new properties coming into the portfolio? So it, it's not a, it's not just something you can look at and just say, well, it's, you know, above average yield, I'm going to buy it. And you, you you can't do that. You, you have to be very careful because REITs have a lot of debt, uh, and you have to see how that's structured, what's the collateral, um, and and as I mentioned it before, closed-end funds, um, that's a leverage play on a leverage sector. So you have to be very, very careful. So one of the things that you don't have with bonds is any hope of capital appreciation. In fact, in this type of interest rate environment, most bonds probably are trading at a premium, which means that it is a given thing that you will lose the amount you pay above par between now and either the maturity date or the call date on a bond. So you have zero chance of growth as well as income. It's only about the income. And then the rates on those bonds are so low now that, I mean, it's basically you're almost paying somebody to hold your money. In fact, in Europe, you actually are paying someone to hold your money. So the thing that I think keeps stocks up is the fact that there could still be some potential. We know there can't be any with bonds, and you can't get interest rates a lot lower on bonds. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, will we get – uh, will we get an increase in the price of, of stocks at all going forward? And if so, how big? And what will it give us in ter terms of 
total return because now the um, the income is a much smaller component of whatever total return we're going to get than it used to be. That's true. Yeah, if you look back historically, dividends were uh, a pretty big portion of uh, where the return of your stock investments came from. And uh, today that's becoming smaller. Uh, we've seen historically that periods such as these do tend to resolve themselves with lower future returns. Uh, it may not be immediate, it may not be in the next year or two years, but uh, oftentimes when uh, valuations are elevated, which also often means that dividend yields are low, uh, future returns tend to be lower going forward. So historically, we've seen about 9%. Uh, we don't know if you know that'll repeat uh, over the next decade. Now, if there is an environment or a situation where interest rates go to negative, then perhaps, but uh, who knows? But I think to that point right there is why people have to be very careful about retiring, you know, how old you are when you retire, uh, you know, considering, you know, second careers. Um, because if you do get into a period of, you know, say it's a, a decade long period of lower returns, you know, say it's not negative returns, but just low or flat markets and if you're taking a withdrawal rate yeah. um that's that's where bad things can potentially happen big time and so what i advise people in my ad is you know don't stop creating other sources of income too quickly it's sort of an illusion, this idea of being to live totally off your money for a long period of time. I don't advise people to do it, even though that's what the industry says. Quit and live off your money. And people tell people, they say, well, look at this great annuity. It pays 7%. Well, what's it taking it out of? And I think some of the advertising and the marketing regarding annuities is almost bordering on the edge of malpractice. I really do. You've seen it a million times more than I have, and you've know what people have been told. You've heard the stories. Yep. So I know this ticks you off. Go for it, Mike. <laughs> uh, it, it does. Um, people are sold and, and, and that's the key. They are sold a bill of goods. Um, and Sometimes it makes might, it, might get it, off on a tom. <laughs> sometimes it makes sense for somebody. It, it, annuities are a tool that can be used if used properly. Uh, most of the time, they're not. Um, and so you're saying most of the time. Yes, most of the time that you've been in touch with. Yeah, um, doesn't that tick you off? It does. How mad and, are well, you? Well, and here's here's I want to know how mad you really are. Here, here's what ticks me off about it. You know, it, it, it's sold based on fear that, well, we'll protect, this will protect your money in the event of a down market. A daggone CD will do the same thing and you have access to your principal and somebody's not collected a 7% commission off of it. Oh, no, um, here we go. Well, no, but that, that's the, that's the incentive, um, for a lot of the time, some of the time, yeah, I know. um, I agree. and the 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 problem is is that it locks the person's money totally. up for seven i've seen them as long as 14 years um and it seems like the longer the lockups the lower the return type of yeah annuity there is. most of them that i've seen and that we have gotten people out of the returns have averaged about what a cd rate would have been um and so it, it's opportunity cost at that point um, so you look at what could have been done with it, um, or if, you know, if they had to take a, a, a distribution from it and they've had to pay a penalty, all these different things, most of the time it is not in the person's best interest well, to own an annuity. Here's the genius part most of, of it. Most of the time. Here's the genius part of it, and I'll say it real quick, is that these companies, these insurance companies realize that what's happening is this wealth creation is getting passed down generation to generation. And they realize that you have these average annualized returns of X percent in the S and P 500. And they're realizing how to step in 
ahead of the next generation to gather that wealth creation. You know, it's, it's all a matter of. And, and let me say this. If, if you're, if, if you are concerned about inflation and you're considering annuitizing your money, those two things don't mesh. Uh, cause you know, if you're taking a fixed payment for a long period of time and you have inflation, it's going to eat up that payment. I think we need to buy a little more time for Mike on this one. <laughs> I don't think he really got it said, but well, and you know, he gave he, it a good shot. He sure did, and he got so smart towards the very end. Yeah. But we got to call it a day. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to ask us a question, go to our website. There's a chat tab, and you can send us a question or comment about the Tom Dupree Show or any question you might have about the stock market. We're here for you to educate, guide, and empower. We'll talk to you next week. Today. Coach Stoops and the Cats battling out of Conferenceville at Kroger Field. Tennessee Chattanooga Mocs and your Kentucky Wildcats. Touchdown, The Kentucky Select Chevy Dealers KSR Tailgate Show kicks off at 8 right here on the home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. If you ask most people, they will say the most valuable thing in the economy is money. In fact, it's so valuable that our Federal Reserve has printed an unlimited supply of it. Because as we all know, money is what makes the world go around. However, over time, it seems that it takes more than the promise of big money to actually motivate people to work. If it were only about money, all the jobs out there going begging for workers would be filled tomorrow. It seems like it takes more than money to get people to begin to think, to begin to act. For a free review of your retirement investment account, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com and Louisville's Talk Radio 1080 WKJK and WKJK.com. Hey, fall means family farm fun, and Bywater Farms Autumn Fest is back. Check out the new attractions like the Big Country Coaster, our Jump Zone, Jumping Pillows, and Rosie's Ponies. Or visit some favorites like the Pumpkin Canyon, the Five Acre Corn Maze, and the Spooky Farmhouse. Hay rides are included for everyone with tickets. And while you're here, get some homemade fudge, fried apple pies, and apple cider donuts. It's all there at Autumn Fest, now through October 31st at Bywater Farm in Georgetown. For more info, go to www.bywaterfarm.com.